everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to 80s entertainment for teens and beyond. I almost got it right. I almost got it right. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> I'm your host, Michael. Mindy's on the other side. Keep on going. Keep on going. We accept each other with it. I flipped some phrases there, I think. But um, so I think last episode, I can't remember if I said it that what the episode was going to be, and that's why I should never ever say what the episode is going to be ahead of time because I don't, I don't think we did. Okay, there was a movie I was going to discuss, and we'll just say it right now because I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to really discuss it. Was it was going to be Dead Poet Society and School Ties, but Dead Poet Society, I thought the first hour was boring as fuck. And then something happens, and then I spent the rest of the movie angry and bawling my head off. It was traumatizing. Um, yeah, that's not a movie that you need to revisit ever again. It's, it's a tough, it's a really tough movie, and I think that I'm very okay with never discussing Yeah, so, so <laughs> uh, yeah, originally it was a perfect pairing with Skull Ties, but we decided since everybody is now, and it's been kind of a slow build over the last year, I feel like. Maybe a little I bit more. Never, I was an OG. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like just lately, though, it's been a Brendan Fraser renaissance. It. I feel like it started... I mean, he was... I, there were people talking about some of the shows that he was doing. Apparently, it was a Condor TV show on Stars that was, sh- like, a limited series that he was very good in. Um, yeah, like, it was, like, a take on Night of the Condor. Is that what it was? Uh, Days of Contract? I can't remember. It's, it's the movie with Robert Redford. It's like a spy movie. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's a modern telling of that. And that got a lot of uh, claim, and apparently he was very good in it. And I had kind of seen some articles about two, three years ago about why he left Hollywood. And most of the articles, though, were fucking brutal. Like, look at him now! And they're like, what the fuck is wrong with you assholes? You know? I mean, I, I just wanted to cry when I read most of it because it's just like, you know, so vulnerable he made himself in those interviews. Yeah. And I just felt like they were focusing on the wrong things. But, um, but, and I think, you know, the sh- those shows, if he did several back to back, and I'm sad to say I haven't seen any of them, and I tried to find them you know, to, to watch them, but I can't get up my whole hands on them, but so I think, you know, Doom Patrol really, like, really heightened it, um... Yeah, but that's mostly, like, his voice work, and he's a little bit, like... I know. Yeah, but, I, I mean, know, it's still, you know. it was kind of, like, that, I guess that was the real start, where people started talking about him again, but... Because it is a more high-profile project than, than those other shows. I mean, there's some I mean, I think it seemed like a more high-profile project. There's some really good actors in that show. And, you, you know, I, just, I felt like I got talked about way more than those other shows. Even yeah. though it is just voice work, it still was more top-tier or something. I don't know. And that does seem like that was kind of what his bread and butter was cartoon-oriented stuff. Either, you know, he was actually on the screen or he was doing voice work because there's... Well, there's George of the Jungle, there's Dudley Do-Right, he did the Looney Tunes back in action, and then, oh, I want to say there's, I know he did, like, the Nut Job, I want to say he was, like, in Area 51 or something like that, where he, but he started doing some voice work. That's a cartoon, right? I think so. I'm going to look. I think I might have the wrong person here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you've been right about everything else so far. Well, I think he did a few animated movies, too. Yeah, uh, I could have swore he was in another animated movie, but it just says uh, the nut job. 
But um, there's Furry Vengeance, too, which is almost basically a live-action cartoon. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's kind of the thing. And then uh, he was doing, he did some uh, King of the Hill, whatever. So he kind of stepped back a little bit to do voice work. And now it's because his uh, casting in that Steven Soderbergh, all, all of a sudden all the big directors are now coming, you know, calling to have him in his films. Cause so we have him like Starks. Yeah, and we have Aronofsky with uh, The Whale, which is getting a, bu- a lot of buzz from the film festivals. And then Scorsese has him in Killers of the Flower Moon. He was supposed well, to be the bad know, guy I in Batgirl. It's going to be really amazing. Yeah, and it's just, hopefully, I really do hope they change their mind about Batgirl. I, did you see the trailer? So, I mean, no, I didn't, but I, I almost don't want to because I think it would hurt my soul. But I'm really very, very disappointed in that decision. Truly disappointed. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot about this trust show which is, was interesting because when they made that other movie, that movie basically the same plot with, like, Mark Wahlberg and all that, I think it kind of stole the, the thunder because of all the drama. Series directed by Danny Boyle. I really need to see this because, you know, Brendan Fraser plays the same part uh-huh. in this miniseries that Mark Wahlberg played in that movie. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Oh, it's the one where the... For the love of money or... Yes, something, something like that. Yeah, yeah, There was so much drama with that movie because of, uh, you know, they had to reshoot it, all the scenes because of, oh, fuck, whatever his name is. Oh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey had to reshoot all the money in the world. That's what it was called. And, it, you know, this TV series must have come out either right after or right around the same time. And because of all the drama, it really got... I mean, I didn't even ever even hear of it. So I'm very curious to see that version because... Anyway, sorry, I got distracted. But uh, I don't even really think the movie was that great. But there was so much drama around it for various reasons that I think Christopher Plummer got nominated for an Oscar for it. And I'm not really sure. Yeah, I thought it was boring as fuck. I couldn't even finish it. But um, so I'm back to so back to the very beginnings of Brandon Fraser. Uh, how do you say? It? Is it Fraser or Fraser? I don't know. I thought it was Fraser, but it doesn't. I'm not 100 sure. Yeah. Oh. Now we had discussed. I still love the man. We discussed, like, maybe it was two years ago, Dogfight, which is the first time that we had ever seen him. He's in a very small role as a sailor. And I mean, I should, I should, it's not the first time I ever saw him, but I realized it was the first movie that, really, it was the movie that he, you know, the first movie he did, I think. But I hadn't seen Dogfight until, you know, that's the first time I'd ever watched it. So yeah. I discovered later that he was in it. But my first exposure to him Probably was school time, yes. Because I don't believe you had seen Encino Man yet. Did you see this in theater? Because I know I saw this on video. I I thought we saw it in the theater. I did. You might have gone with mom. I don't remember things the way you do. Yeah. The, uh, I think we did. Well, I think 1992 is a perfect juxtaposition of his career because um, it seems like every time he would do a drama, it would bomb. And that seems like what he really wanted to do. But Encino Man is the one that was successful. The one that I really know. everybody started to know him from. 
and constantly having to go back to that. Do you remember? Because Encino Man made a lot of money, and then everything after that tanked for years, and his career was almost yeah. gone. I mean, I don't think that he... With me, I mean, I don't... I think Furry Vengeance was pretty fucking bad. Yeah. But other than that, I don't really think that he made bad choices. I just think things didn't turn out the way they should have. Yeah. For example... Well, I mean, it seems like there's always... to do with timing like looney tunes back in action should have been a hit but they released it the week after elf which makes no sense they dumped uh monkey bone um uh ink heart and blast from the past like in the dead of winter like you know, the, know. like the last half of february when nobody's going to movies and just seemed like uh, yeah and looney tunes is so good it is and space jam is the one that everybody loves and i fucking think it's terrible and they made a sequel I, to I that don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it, and the sequel was shit, too. Sorry, y'all. Yeah. But, you know, like I said, after this, it was really frustrating for him because he had With Honors, which um, it seemed like uh, it was... It's yeah. one of the, With Honors always seems like one of those movies where the song from it was way more successful than the actual movie. Was, it used, this used to be uh, like... That was a weird period of time, Tom, in this... We've talked about this before with other movies we've covered where, like, the soundtracks were, like more popular than the movie itself or whatever. It's so strange. And then Airheads bombed, uh, The Scout bombed, and Mrs. Winterborn bombed, and I thought it was over for him. I think he had done like a a Showtime movie, and then all of a sudden George the Jungle makes a fuck ton of cash. I don't think anybody expected it. And then The Mummy came out right after that and made a fuck ton of money, and then he was made for a while. Even with the bombs, he still had some backup hits to carry him. Between George of the Jungle and the Mummy was Gods and Monsters, which I truly believe, like, not not a lot of people talk about it, but it was one of his, you know, very serious roles that, that did get attention, that did get, like, accolades, but mostly for Ian McKellen and director Bill Condon and Lynn Redgrave and he I mean yes he got talked about because it was a very different kind of role for him and truly like I encourage everybody to go watch it because it's 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 truly magnificent it's a very good film but yeah people know him for his you know like charming rugged like slightly like either you know dim-witted, or maybe not dim-witted, but innocent, innocent charm, Mm -hmm. or, you know, that, you know, the mummy is his, you know, slightly, what's the word I'm looking for? High adventure, Uh, big comic booky. He, but, but he's also got a little bit of an ego, not ego, but, you know, he knows. 
he knows he's charming. Um, <laughs> or, the, or the, you know, sweet innocence or whatever. But he's, you know, he's got other stuff, you know, quite American. Um, gosh, his his three episodes in Scrubs oh, will, God. Resi- will resonate me with me for all of eternity, and it's been 20 years. Yeah, do you, you remember know? when he turned down Superman because they wanted him to sign up for a trilogy? And at the time, I thought it was crazy that he turned it down, but what I didn't know is that he had destroyed his back doing all the action movies. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that he had, was like in so much agony and suffering because of those action movies. Um, and I, no, I didn't, I don't even think I remember the, the Superman thing. I mean, what an interesting take that would have been. But, it, you know, he had to take care of his health. And, you know, he has kids and stuff, too. He didn't want to be, like, miserable. He wanted to be able to take care of his kids. Yeah, well, they were going to shoot it in Australia, and he was going to be away from his family for, like, you know, what? Oh. Those movies take, like, six months to shoot. So it's, like, half a year without your children. Who's going to direct that movie in Australia? Why do you need to do it in Australia? Because uh, uh, what it is is Warner Brothers had a deal with, Oh god, I know it's like a V. I, oh, I can't remember the name of the company. All of a sudden, but they were they were an Australian funding company, and they required that Warner oh. Brothers shoot their movies there. That's why Scooby Doo, the first one, is shot there because they paid for it. Oh, that's kind of strange. Yeah, so that's what they would do. That's why the Matrix is down there because it was an Australian production company. Yeah, I really thought that like 2010 Extraordinary Measures that was really really good, and I thought that that was gonna like kind of propel him back in the right direction but then furry vengeance is like right after it yeah that didn't help <laughs> and escape from so escape from planet earth that must be what you were thinking of as the end yes thank you also extraordinary measures was shot where i used to live one of my co-workers was in it oh really i thought it was a really good movie for a pg movie where you had to like deal with the harrison ford she wants to be Oh, by the way, everybody, Harrison Ford smiled for the first time this week. It was amazing. <laughs> I know. Was it when he was with Short Round? Yes. <laughs> God, I, I almost sent you that picture of, like, the, the back-to-back 1984 and the 2022, and I was like, this warms my fucking heart so much. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so back to, we, haven't, we haven't talked about the movie at all yet. Sorry. No, it's, it's fine. Uh, so what I want to say, though, is, while Encino Man got all the box office and got the studios noticing uh, Brendan Fraser, I think that the respected directors and casting agencies saw this cast, saw how good everybody was in School Ties. And all of a sudden, like almost every single person from this moved up a notch. If they weren't a lead, if they weren't a lead... What's that? ever played a nice guy that's what i want to know i would say that he has played annoying not necessarily evil but has he played like a i mean i would say the closest thing to being likable that he's ever played was rent and he was not one of the least likable characters in it <laughs> right Did- have you seen rent yeah, it's I. I always feel like he's a tool in everything I see, and he's a fucking monster in this. Good God! Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Um, he's maybe the only flat-out monster. Some of the guys have really gray 
um, moralities. Like, like the, I've been around people like this where they say these inappropriate things. And not lately, obviously, because I don't hang around this kind of... When I was younger, though, you would hear, especially since we lived in a small town, you would hear the N-word or, or, or some sort of joke in that, in that vein uh, or, or gay jokes, whatever. And it's like, you, you know the difference between uh, full-on hate... And just like generic bigotry, or what do you want to call it? You know what I mean? Like, condi- they're just, you know, stuff. Like, they're just repeating stupid shit that they heard without understanding the ramifications of what that means. Yeah. And, yeah. I think the first time when I was in high school and one of my friends used the term Jude, I was so heartbroken. And it was never the same after that. I was just like, I don't know how to be friends with a person like this who doesn't understand the ramifications of using those words. Yeah. That hurt really bad. Yeah. Um, what's mind-boggling from about this is... And- this is post World War II, not even very far from World War II. I think it's uh, it's 1959. So World War II has only been over for 14 years, and I think we have to deal with the fact that in reality, um, American soldiers were so eager to go over to fight the Germans and the Japanese, not because they were trying to save the Jews. They attacked America, and they just wanted vengeance. They attacked Pearl Harbor. Uh, Germany it was connected with Japan and just like, okay, they're our enemy. Let's go kill them. And I, I really don't think there, there was probably a very high percentage of the, the American soldiers that didn't give a fuck about the Jews. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's, that's a real harsh band-aid to pull people. And you might say I'm un-American, but you also need to get a grip on reality and especially realize that even to this day, it's been almost a hundred years since World War II ended, and the Jews are still so fucking hated, and I don't know why. No, I think that I, I have like I have had a conversation with my husband about this not that long ago, and maybe I'm naive. I understand it exists, but I don't understand why. I truly don't get it. I have I literally know. heard. I have literally heard from people. Oh, they're responsible for killing Jesus. Yeah, and this movie really—it says it's a sports drama. It is not a sports drama. I don't care how they no, try to. Not. No, Rudy no. is a sports drama. Um, <laughs> this is not. Sports is so like what one percent of this movie. It's it's uh, shown like once, and it causes a big rift between. Well, let's just say this: Matt Damon hates Brendan Fraser almost from the beginning. His character he almost hates because. Uh, he's an outsider. He got uh, taken from another school and brought over. And he, you know, he works uh, in the, the ca- cafeteria. And he looks at him like <laughs> this fucking loser, you know. And he well, comes. He, he thinks that he steals what what is rightfully his over and over and over again. Yeah, and he, he The thing is, is he thinks he owns stuff that he doesn't. He has this weird entitled bullshit. Like Amy Locaine is his 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 woman. This is my girl, whatever. And she's like she she just smiles politely and lets it go, which is a flaw in her. But also he seems yeah. to be a little unstable. So I mean, what is it's she? Also, nineteen fifty nine. What 
what's yeah. a girl gonna do? I yeah. mean, yeah, should she have said more? Yeah, but again, it's 1959, and her family, their families have been pushing them together their entire lives. Yeah, and, and it's fucking awkward. <laughs> and, and there is a point where you're just like, I mean, no, it's being realistic. But you also like, like, can you believe this bullshit? She's like, why didn't you just tell me it was you were a Jewish, uh, a, a Jew, and, 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 and this is gonna be a big deal. It's like, what does it matter? I am who I am. What is that? What does that mean? And she's like, you just should have told me. Like, yeah. she, she's being a bigot, but she's just not admitting to be a bigot. Right. But, you know, I think the most powerful scene in that was really when he had his conversation slash fight with Chris O'Donnell's roommate. I forgot his character name. When he's just like, well, what religion are you? And he's like, I'm Methodist. And he's like, why didn't you tell me you were Methodist? Like, to hit home that, like, it should matter just, you know, just as little that I'm Jewish as it is that you're Methodist. Yeah, and he and keeps trying to he keeps trying to argue. His, like, why not? Yeah, his argument is so stupid. He goes, because they're just different. I, you literally spend yeah. every day with this person. Tell me how they're different. You know, come on. Yeah. And I, I, that makes me think a lot about, like, the first year of college. All of a sudden, we had gay yeah. friends you know, Ron and I were really open. Ron's my best friend to this day. Ron and I were very open to people of all kinds. We were so happy to be at that college. It was freeing because we got to see everybody. Because, yeah. you know, we it grew up... It was so freeing to be exposed to different kinds of people because it was so limiting where we grew up. Yeah. And we knew it. We had people that were international. We had we knew Swedish people. We knew people from Japan. We knew people who didn't practice religion, practiced different religions. We're straight, yeah. you know, and, and it was like, oh my God. But I remember, like, there was a few people in our group that were a little apprehensive. And I remember, I remember talking to one of them. I go, you know, you're, you're Middle Eastern. Do you want people to treat you the same way that you're treating our gay friend? Do you want that? Because yeah. it's it's the same kind of bigotry or whatever. And he, he got it. And so I, this movie really resonated home. Not in the same painful way that Dead Poet Society did. But I think... God, I think everybody in this is absolutely top-notch. And what what absolutely surprised me is Ed Lauder. Now, you're, you may not know his, the name. He's like an old-school action western guy. He's Brendan Fraser's dad. He's always a fucking asshole. Oh, And he and he wasn't in this, and I was shocked. I, know. <laughs> I did not. I'm sorry. I didn't know that was his name, but that was one of the like the comments that I made after finishing the movie about how surprising and happy I was that he and the guy who played the coach and I know I know his name, but I've seen him in a million things. But they always play bad guys, and for once they didn't do that. Was it the guy that was his name Ed Lauder? Was he in? He, no. I think he is. I, the dude's in like I a million like movies. I just so. saw him because I just watched Rocketeer. Okay. Um, and then we have like the beginnings of Ben Affleck and Cole Hauser. Uh, Randall Bandikoff had been kind of bouncing around a little bit. This is a summer yeah. where he also did Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So did Andrew Lowry. And I think and Andrew, Andrew Lowry wasn't he the one in like my boyfriend's back? Yes. Make it for the long haul. I think Lowry might give 
maybe the best performance in this movie. I mean, everybody is top-notch, but his performance haunted me because he is broken. And you can see the ticks like, coming a mile away, but you see how, like, the expectation and the, like, treatment is just horrific of his kids, but he is singled out and abused so much. And what was it because he was playing black music? And that was the problem? That's what apparently made him stand out. And thus the teacher, you know, and his vendetta against him began and continued. I don't know. It was just horrifying that, you know, I'm sure that people, you know, teachers are really like that and kids get treated that way. But it's mortifying and it's straight up abuse. And, you know, the way that Brendan Fraser's character reacts is entirely justified in my opinion. Yeah. He was entirely responsible for that kid's meltdown. I well, I mean I had did you have abusive teachers at all? Because I had horribly abusive teacher at times and I just don't understand why they lash out. And I wasn't even a troublemaker. I just at at best at best I was a jokester and I would get punished for it. I would get so many detentions for just joking. I had an abusive teacher when I was in the third grade. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember who this was. And, and I had to change classes. I mean, luckily, you know, our our mom was very protective of us, and she believed us when we told her things like that. She got me switched into a different class, which probably was the best thing, but then the whole rest of the school year, all the kids called me traitor and treated me like shit because third grade, I switched to a teacher that decided, you know, who she chose not to embarrass children in front of the classroom on a regular basis. My teacher would constantly embarrass me. And I feel bad and, because know, it was because of me. She would compare me to you all the time. Yeah, and I don't understand why. Bizarre? Yeah, I had a teacher who would, uh, if you were not paying attention, he would either, he would set a pencil on those old school heaters you know, the kind with the, you know, the metal tip or whatever on the end of the eraser. He would set it on the, the heat or whatever, and when you weren't paying attention, he would grab it, and he would put it on your neck and burn your neck. Oh, my God. Did he do that to you? Yeah, and he would take his two fingers and jam them down into the nerve, like that Spock nerve. Yeah, just to wake you up. And it fucking, I can't believe the abuse. And that's one of many, many stories. Y'all, this was in the 90s, and like... I don't know that it's any better now. I mean, I think teachers actually do get held accountable for their actions a little bit more now. But, my God, how disgusting. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, my teacher would, like, read my grades in front of the class and be like, it's not like you to make mistakes and blah, blah, blah. She She would point out and, like, in front of everybody. And it's just like, why would you do that to a kid? Yeah, that's fucked up. I'm really sorry. Okay, like... But I've never forgotten it in how many years it's been 35 years. Were you mad at me? Were you mad at me? Of not. Okay. Absolutely not. Okay, just checking. I, even at, even at eight, 8 years old or 9 years old, I guess it hasn't been 35 years, 33, whatever. At 8, 9 years old, I knew that that's not how an adult should behave, which is why I told our mom. The, uh... So at least I knew better, which is good. Yeah. Um... So the last thing I want to say about School Ties is for some reason I thought School Ties was a big hit because it seems so huge to us. 
and you just really don't know back then. And I looked, and it it cost eighteen and only made fourteen. I guess it made its popularity on video. I feel like so much of that stuff was made popular on video. I just don't think. I mean, yes, going to the the, the theater was always you know kind of a. It was like more of a special thing, even you know a special treat, even in the like eighties and nineties. I think not how it is now, where it's just like people go all time yeah well also i feel like we're overloaded with information and movies everywhere and we don't discover movies on video anymore i mean i mean like even streaming or you know like uh, it just every once in a blue moon something will pop out but it's nowhere nearly the same as it used to be no no because streaming is so commonplace now there's very few things that like slip through the cracks and you're just like shit i just made this amazing discovery that nobody has heard about um, so for you, I've seen this movie once before, many years ago when it first came out, but uh, Hairbrain was a discovery for you, correct? I think I had seen, like, the poster for it, but no, I absolutely had not watched it before um, you had suggested it. So no, I did watch it for the first time a couple days ago. Yeah, it's kind of, it's it goes in line with School Ties, not just because of Brendan Fraser, but it also seems like the like the, the yin to the other one's yang is... Yeah. It's it's still it's still about outcasts and misfits and it, and going to uh, an elite school. But what it shows now is Brendan Fraser is now a very unfocused adult who's just kind of phoning it in and goofing around in college, and he doesn't know know what he's doing. He's just there to be there. Yeah, instead of being the person who's the odd man out, which I mean, I guess he still kind of is because he's a grown ass man who's like forty five in college. But instead, he is now kind of the like mentor protector character so it is really like the yin yang yeah and i have never i did not know this was alex wolf from jumanji and and, uh pig i I was shocked when i realized who it was and he's so fucking amusing and adorable in this movie oh yeah did you see old have you seen old i have not seen it yet no i realized those are the main things i had seen him in Jumanji and old. And uh, Julie Garner uh, yeah. from uh, Ozarks is in this. And uh, it's just kind of fun. Oh, wow. She's an alma mater. She went to IU. That's crazy. Oh, I should also mention, I deeply love Brendan Fraser for Always and Forever, but also he is an Indiana native, which uh, has made me endear to him slightly more. He was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Um, Did you know that? Yeah. So I, one day I went looking for famous people from Indiana. I don't know why. Um, what I think you told me about this before, the Naked Brothers. Have we done a movie with him before? Because this has come up in conversation. Uh, no, I don't, no I, I never have. I, I, I have heard of it. I've never seen it. And I didn't even realize until kind of recently that that's... That, that, that him and his brother were the naked brothers. Like, I didn't even know about it. So I think he must have talked to someone else. Okay, because this, uh, I, I know of the show only because I was working electronics, I guess, when the show was out, and they put the, the you could see the albums in the kids' section. And I was like, yeah. that, that's a weird name for a kid's show, Naked Brothers? That doesn't seem very <laughs> kid-like. Yeah. So it's like, his brother is Alex, right? Wait, he's Alex, and the brother's Nate? Or Nat? Or you got me. I have no idea. Is is his brother also an actor? Other brother is in like Paper Towns. 
He's an actor, too. Oh, okay. Yes, I think I was looking him up because of that. He was in something else. Let me look to see what he was in. But let's talk about the movie real quick while I wander off into... Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, I love that it's awkward and weird and the adults are all strange. And, and just everybody has, like, their own rhythm in this. And his uh, going from being excited to just being on the team to now he needs vengeance oh, is that's so... That's what I just saw him... I just saw him in the stands, the newer version, and he was Lloyd. Oh, man, that movie, that, that miniseries sucked so bad. Uh, mostly, yes. And a few other things that I, oh, yes. Okay, sorry. Yes, Paper Towns, and Dubious Battle, Home Again, Death Note. That's the big, I think, one of his bigger things. False in Our Stars. Oh, yeah, he was so good in that. Admission. Yeah, I mean... Separately, they've both done a lot of stuff. Okay. Sorry, I won't interrupt you. You're good, you're good. Although, I probably will. But I I love all the characters in this. There's really nobody that's just thrown away that has nothing to do. And even even the minor appearance by Parker Posey (laughs) is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, uh, What do we have? Um, Oh, shit. He was in uh, Carnival in Silicon Valley. Toby Huss. Um... Or, oh, I know. What a different, like, art for him to play. <laughs> and what was the whole thing about him, like, towards the end showing up? And he's, like, wearing a uh, toupee. If he, like, tried to pretend to be a different person, I was so confused. Yeah, that, that wasn't what I'm certain. If he was playing a different character or he, was it on I television? I couldn't tell either. Was it aired on television, though, when he was wearing that wig because he was going to be in front of a camera? quirkiness and some of it does seem a little forced there's still honesty like huh like his hair yeah hair and the behavior and some of the dialogue but it all still seems honest whereas you know some of that stuff pisses me off like i still can't believe fucking napoleon dynamite made so much money and it just seems so trite and forced you know like there's that artificial chemical you know version of quirkiness just to be there like there's no personality based weirdness it just is yeah if he if I, I, I can't voice my opinions about Napoleon Dynamite because it'll just set me off on a tangent <laughs> yeah quirkiness is like the way twee is where it's not natural force this is this is for this audience you know this kind of thing whatever and I feel like this one actually works very well yeah and I do like the fact that you know, he, he's so desperate to get into Harvard. He just wants to be accepted so bad. And then you think he's going to be, and then they thoroughly reject his ass. And then it becomes like almost like a death wish, but with knowledge in <laughs> the vengeance movie. I do kind of like that, though. Like, I mean, you kind of like that Pendleton is a recruiter for Harvard and he says if you throw this or don't get involved with this I'll accept you into Harvard and 
it, it has two things in it. First off, he has to fight back, you know, and realize that he can't just sell his team out. But he also does allow them for once to speak up and become their own champions. True. That's true. You know, to, to, that was one of the things that did bother me a lot. And I realized, yeah, obviously, it was an important plot point that he was always, you know, he didn't even give them a chance to to know if they knew anything. I mean, obviously, they were constant losers and they appreciated the, like, uh, the fact that they could actually be winners for a change. But, yeah, he, it was all him all the time, and he got kind of wrapped up in the glory. Yeah. I feel like I feel like we saw a sports movie like that where it was a basketball movie where they got some new kid and he just kept, like, taking the ball constantly and hogging it and wasn't giving you mean any... Like Teen Wolf? Well, I think you're right, but I was thinking of something else, but it probably <laughs> it probably is Teen Wolf, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it's not the only movie that has, you know, done something like that. <laughs> the fact that I didn't remember that immediately, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Teen Wolf for life, kids. Someday I'm going to watch the show. I own the whole damn thing. Um, oh, I've seen like a couple of seasons, but I kind of lost interest after a oh, while. Like, okay. yeah, I got I'm not for, saying that means it's bad. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I got it for like nothing. It was like nine ninety nine for all the seasons or something ridiculous. Um, so, anything else you want to say about the movie before we go? And my battery dies on this computer? <laughs> no, not really. I mean, considering that one is, is obviously a serious drama and one is a YouTube and I or not YouTube I'm sorry Voodoo and I'm probably a couple other places I thought it was in theaters but from what the looks of it it never even got the chance I thought it was like one of those that would play like independent theaters for a couple weeks but no it looks like it went straight to video which is a shame because it does I think it could have found us a small audience yeah okay so that is well, it what I'm the audience now folks <laughs> all right so check us out on facebook and twitter and all your podcast hosts under hit rewind and that is it have a good night